Hello and welcome to another episode and in today's episode we're talking about why you should never listen to another influencer ever again. So welcome to Neuroresilience, the podcast, the show where we believe that the right mental models will actually change the game for you 100%. My name is Justin and in today's episode we're looking at this concept Okay. What is this concept? Well, basically it is the opposite of everything that you see on TikTok, on Instagram, on YouTube, where people are doing things. What I mean by that is they are the experts, quote unquote, experts in a particular thing, whether it be uh, health, language learning, businesses, whatever it is. And what they tend to share is usually these fine-tuned details And so what I want to introduce you to is this concept of the basics, that we think that we can uh, outthink the work, we can outstrategy the work. And a lot of it is because of this identification of productivity, and I don't want to invest time and have it go to waste, and you know I want to do the, the highest lever thing. Absolutely. This is 100% a very natural, very normal feeling to have. And it's a very good one as well. You know, there is this balance that we need between planning, doing, and then reflection so that we can then iterate and plan. And of course, our plans will change based on that feedback. And then we take new action, modified action. But the idea is that what's the ratio of this? And for most people consuming um, social media, there definitely comes this point where... um, To sell social media, you have to show people a lack. You have to show people some type of, they need this thing. For a lot of social media influencers, it's because they're invested in something. So for example, my favorite example of this is Athletic Greens, AG1. And all you need to do is take a look at the the list of ingredients. There's like 50, more than 50 ingredients, I think, actually. Um, and the truth is, is that it, they all these ingredients are in such low doses that they barely move the needle, barely. But all these influencers are touting like, oh, I just do this and I feel great. And, you know, and they, they come from this place where you actually feel a sense of like, oh, I don't have that. Maybe that's why I'm a little bit sluggish. That's Maybe that's why I'm not operating like 100% like I remember myself operating. Maybe that's why, da, 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 da. and you fill in the blanks because this influencer who's talking is actually selling you AG1. Now, what's quite interesting about this as well is that they get commissions, they get sponsorships. Just the, the difference between those is that they'll either get a percentage of the sales or they get paid to make their particular episode or whatever. I think sponsorships is usually a, a stronger way to do business. And uh, yeah, if you want to sponsor this podcast, feel free. So the sponsorship, <laughs> the sponsorship angle, um, you know, is one thing where you know you, your favorite uh, influencer is basically spouting off an advert for something, and they will get, you know, they're not invested in any of the returns on that sponsorship. But affiliates is you know affiliate links and things like that. That's usually where they get a kickback. And the AG1 kickbacks, I believe, are, you know, things that are ongoing. As long as you subscribe to Athletic Greens, you're going to get that, uh, you know, the the influencer that you bought from or whose code you used is going to get that kickback for as long as you use it. So, of course, it's this idea of incentivization. 
So let's go back to what I was talking about before. Well, the idea that I'm talking about is this concept of details versus basics. All these influencers, and including the story about Athletic Greens, is really focusing on the details. Ooh, I don't have like enough nutrients in my life, or I don't take a multivitamin or something like that. Well, actually, the, the simple point is that what are the basics around nutrition? Um, well, that's quite easy. Eat a lot of vegetables. Um, you know, eat some fruit, moderate amounts of fruit, um, you know, eat some healthy meats and, uh, some healthy carbohydrates, whatever that looks like, whether, you know, that's, uh, oats or, you know, whatever it is and, and, you know, good ratios of those ones as well. And basically then why do you need to supplement, you know, how do you qualify yourself and say, oh, I'm lacking in minerals. I need to supplement. And so people are buying, let's say athletic greens, without actually knowing what uh, vitamins or minerals they're lacking. And that's part one is qualification. But part two is just, are you even hitting the basics to begin with before you need to drill down and supplements? And if you do need a supplement, do you want to buy a supplement that's got like 50 so ingredients that are in such small doses that they're really not going to move the needle? Or how about you find out what you're deficient in and go and get that supplement? That's quite easy, you know, and unfortunately, it's not quite as um, as easy as that either, because even if you're deficient in a supplement, you know, through blood results or whatever you've actually measured, that doesn't actually mean that just by, you know, taking a supplement with that vitamin that you're actually going to increase that number, because there could be something going on in your body, which means that you're eating enough of it, but it's not converting you know, it's being blocked somewhere down the line because there's a process that's happening because you've got an infection or something like that, or because you're compounding it with another thing that actually blocks that thing or, you know, and that's where it comes time to, you know, at least have one consultation with a specialist. So <clears throat> the concept again is details versus basics. 99% of the time, when I talk to people, they're focusing on the details rather than the basics. So they'll have athletic greens and then I'll ask them what their what their diet looks like. And it and it's it's a big pile of steaming triceratops dung from Jurassic Park that uh you know uh Jeffrey Goldblum is commenting on. So where else can we see these ideas? Well, I, I see this a lot in uh language learning, you know, where people come out with the like the, the fastest way to learn a language and the blah, blah, blah way to learn a language. And, and you see all of these types of things as well. And well, what's the basics? The basics are, are you actually engaging in that language? Like, and so I propose just a quantity measurement. Are you blah, blah, blahing enough? So when it came to foods, it's this question of, are you eating enough of the foods that you know you need to be eating? It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out the foods that you need to be eating. These are healthy, unprocessed foods, whole foods, so they say. Um, <clears throat> you know, then after that, we're talking about languages. Cool. Okay. Right. Well, are you actually speaking that language on a regular basis? So, you know, do you have someone that you can practice that language with as much as you know? Are you reading that language? Are you listening to that language? Are you trying to learn at least one or two phrases per week? And if no, then the question is, why not? What's going on? And if you encounter a problem, that's when we supplement with some details or a professional. But 99% of the time, people just aren't doing those basics and expect, uh, let's say, a teacher to be able to fix those problems for them. 
The same is true for business. Business is pretty easy. I need to find clients. Okay, cool. I need to get clients. Okay, cool. I need to serve clients. Okay, cool. And then after that, you know, I need to do administration. And that's actually pretty easy. And then going into all of those, well, like I need to find clients. Cool. Where do I find clients? What kind of clients do I want? You know, questions like that. And most of the time people are frustrated because, well, they're not doing the basics, let's say. So what are you doing to find clients? I'm not doing anything. I'm, you know, staying on my couch. Well, literally at this point, something is going to be better than nothing. And the same is also true for exercise. And the reason why I'm, I'm, it's so passionate for me to talk about this idea of details versus basics is because I am very much a thinking type. I'm very much someone who does the research. I'm very much someone who has had to come out of this, this idea that I can outthink the work. Um, and that's not to say that it's it's impossible to do this in every situation or anything like that, but that is to say that start because the journey, the actions that you take are beautiful and you can go and, and strategize so much about all the actions you're taking. So a good example for you is that, um, you know, I wanted to to be stronger and bigger and healthier when it came to, <clears throat> let's use an exercise like pull-ups. So I would research the heck out of, um, you know, everyone's different techniques and strategies for doing pull-ups. And the simple matter is that I eventually landed on uh, the mindful mover, <clears throat> Philip Chubb. And his whole uh, principle about this is this idea of strength training once every like eight days, nine days or something like that. Maximum effort, like super intense, and then you don't work out again. And so you've got time for other things. So in terms of like people who are busy and minimalist training, yeah, sure, it's fine. Uh, but for me, what I really wanted, I, I had the time. I really liked training. I enjoyed training. But to be limited to training um, just once every couple of days, I was like, oh, okay, well, I've got more time for this and more time for that. But I didn't notice a size increase. And if you look at the exercise science behind it, if you go into the weeds of it, it's a very simple point of what what's going on here is a strength adaptation, not necessarily a size adaptation. And okay, cool. So looking at other ways, I was like, oh, well, how else can I do pull-ups without just doing a lot of pull-ups? And what happened was in October of last year, I decided, forget this. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to go to failure as much as possible, um, as often as possible. I'm just going to do more pull-ups. I want more pull-ups. I want more size. I'm sure size is going to come you know, by virtue of me just doing more pull-ups. And that's what I did. I just started doing more pull-ups and more pull-ups and more pull-ups. And six months later, my pull-ups had increased uh, threefold. Well, that's actually not true. Threefold would be like two to then four to then eight. It wasn't threefold. It was 300%. I went up from four pull-ups in a row in one set up to 12 in one set. And the concept of just doing more will give you the gains that you want is so bizarre because I'm like, well, is that it? Is it that simple? And actually it is. If you look at bodybuilders, for example, they're not smarter than anyone else. They got more muscle. So what's going on there? Well, they're just going in and doing more work than other people. My dog is yipping in its sleep. This is so cute. So again, we come back to the idea of the basics, you know, just go in and do a certain amount of work. Are you actually doing enough pull-ups to see an adaptation in your pull-ups, in your musculature? 
You know, what's the quantity? So once again, this quantity metric, I'm not learning a language. Well, how much time are you spending in that language? Let's ask that question of quantity. Oh, my business is an improving. Okay, well, can you identify which part of the business is the problem? Yes. And how much time are you spending there? So for a lot of people starting out, it's usually in client acquisition. For a lot of people who are further down the road, it's usually in service and fulfillment. That's the problem. And they're spending too much time in service and fulfillments. And well, it's a pretty easy solution there. It's like, well, what do you do? You have to uh, bring on other people to help with the service, to to make it more streamlined and automated and things like that. So it's not it's not rocket science. A lot of the stuff isn't rocket science. And most of the time, the question then is why? Why is it that we move away from the workload? Why is it that we move away from the basics? So I think that there are two questions here, or rather, let's just say there are two common themes here. People move away from the work because they think that the work is somehow not smart. It's somehow um, a reflection on their intelligence. And there's this whole idea of like work harder, not smarter. Uh, Sorry, work smarter, not harder. (laughs) And, you know, the identification of like, what is it to just work hard? Oh, I don't don't want to work hard. I want to work smart. I want to like outmaneuver the work. This this great, good for you. There's nothing wrong with that. And if it works for you, it works. That's fantastic. Um, but a lot of this is rooted in the identity that the work is somehow something that is left to be desired. I don't want to do the work. I don't like the work. And there's something that my my uh my brother from another mother always says, which is um find a job that you love and never work another day in your life. You know, you never have to take a holiday if you enjoy your life. And I find that to be true. Now that I'm doing, let's say, more pull-ups, I actually find myself really enjoying doing more pull-ups. Why? Because it's an expression of strength, my body, uh, my feelings, like I feel good. And my mindset has shifted in identifying how much the journey matters, not the result. So I've said this on a couple of podcasts already. There is no moment of arrival right? In the your entire life, the quote-unquote moment that you arrive can be less than a day of total time if you add it all up. You know, like when I get to 20 pull-ups, finally I'll be happy. Well, on the day that I actually reach 20 pull-ups, no one's going to rock up at my house with cameras and microphones. Justin, Justin, you just reached 20 pull-ups. How does it feel? You know, that moment is going to be very short-lived. And if I'm only doing the work in order to reach that goal, that's going to be a pretty empty victory, number one. And number two is that I'm not enjoying my life up to that goal. So what's the point? And so identifying with the journey and finding the things that you enjoy about the journey actually then makes the results just a moot point, something that you can take it or leave it, something that it's going to come as a symptom of your hard work. So if you want to speak a language, but not go through the journey of learning a language, then I challenge you to actually identify that the journey is actually pleasurable. The journey is something that you can enjoy. Measuring yourself regularly to see your improvements or finding ways that you can engage. So let's say if reading is one way that you want to do it, that you find a book that you enjoy in Spanish. And so the 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 joy of learning 
comes along as well. And it's the same for business. Like, oh, I'll be happy with my business when I make a million dollars or something like that. Well, how about just being happy with the day-to-day operations? So are you happy when you wake up in the morning because you've got another day of living your life versus I'll only be happy waking up in the morning when I'm on holidays? You know, when I wake up in the morning, I dread my life. Okay, cool. Well, now it's time to look at what are you doing with your day? And how much do you actually enjoy doing whatever it is you're doing? And there's there's no magic pill here regarding, oh, I need to um, change my job to something I'm more passionate about. The brain is a wonderful thing and you can connect curiosity, joy, uh, savoring to anything that you're currently doing. And it can all find you can find meaning in all of it. And more to the point is that if you connect it together with um a direction, a future idea of what you want to do, it starts to take on another meaning. So my job is just to say, I want to be a happy, healthy version of myself in the future. So while that takes care of exercise and food, because it all just comes as part and parcel. And there's there's joy in eating healthy foods. And when I look at junk food and things like that, I'm like, "Uh, I'm not tempted anymore. Why? Because I've started to enjoy the process of eating healthy. I've started to enjoy that process as well as, as more, you know, you go down that road and you start identifying with it, you can start to see some of the problems associated with that type of food, um, how they make it. And perhaps there's a little bit of, uh, you know, non-trust in the food cultures that are surrounding that as well. You know, you start to see through like a lot more advertising as well. So this concept of details versus basics is quite easy. And we just go back, if you're not sure what the basics are, just go back to what does the body respond well to? So if you think about eating vegetables and fruits and meats and things like that and healthy whole foods versus junk food, do you think that the body is going to respond well to junk food? Well, no. So the argument here is that people are like, well, I want to die happy and junk food makes me happy. It hijacks a lot of your body to make you think that you prefer it, you enjoy it better. Um, you only need to speak to people who have given up junk food and see how happy they are as well. Happiness can be achieved on either side. And so it's not like I have to give up happiness or something like that. It's the same with exercise. A lot of people don't want to exercise. Why? Because they consider it to be a chore, but you take it steady, slowly, and adjust to this new routine and enjoy the journey that you're taking. And all of a sudden, you know, it's not a chore. It's something that you can connect with. So once again, Let's bring this back to the question at the beginning, which is why you'll never listen to another influencer again. Fitness influencers out there are always touting like the secrets, like technique that got them jacked or the cardio that they did that actually burns more calories or blah, blah, blah. You know, like all these details, these minutiae, these small points. And actually, um, one of my favorite things to watch is Renaissance Periodization, Dr. Mike Isratal. And he comments on a lot of like the Hollywood workouts that these actors did to get jacked for a role. And he tears these trainers apart where he's like, why are you doing that? That's the stupidest thing ever. Why don't you just stick to the basics? Do with this, do with this, do with this. You're going to get better results because you're isolating that. It's going to look greater, you know, that type of thing. And so for a lot of, for a lot of the trainers as well, like, you know, there is a limited number of things that you need to learn to be able to do the basics. So what are those basics? you know, go and stick to those. So fitness influencers who are doing like barbell squats, like on a BOSU ball or something like that, it's ridiculous. It's a waste of time. 
you know, you're, you're confounding it. You're adding in way too much fluff. It's not a basic. So go and do the basics. What are the basics? You know? Um, and it's the same with food as well. Oh, most people forget this one ingredient and this one ingredient is going to save your life. I mean, the amount of times that people have told me to drink, you know, apple cider vinegar before this, before that. Yes, there are studies that show that that bluntens the effects of glucose and, and blood sugar spikes and insulin responses and things like that. Great. Wonderful. What are you eating that you need to take apple cider vinegar beforehand? You know, and are you, are you actually just paying attention to a whole foods diet? You know, because a lot of the times people will take that apple cider vinegar like hack before they eat, you know, a pizza or something like that. You know, how about we just cut out the pizza? How about we just start eating like a really good, healthy pizza? And when I mean, what I mean when I say that is not like a pizza with salad on it. What I mean is, how about you go to Italy and you see Italian pizza, like a really good, authentic Italian pizza. You know, the, the wheat is different in Europe. And so you find uh, people are less responsive to the gluten in the wheat in Europe, you know, and there's a whole history behind that as well. But, you know, just to say that the way that they cook it, they don't smother it in ingredients that are highly processed either. They're usually fresh ingredients and there's usually one or two ingredients. It's wonderful. So, um, yes, if you're interested in the the food element, I just recently released an episode on food. Go check that out. Um, but to come back to this idea is don't trust influencers because they're incentivized to keeping you entertained, to keeping you feeling in lack as well in a space that you are not enough, that you need this secret that they have somehow. Um, you need this book, you need this uh, this product, this athletic greens, whatever it is. And coming back to that idea is the confidence that you can develop in yourself by just understanding how much time am I putting in to the basics? That's it. Nice and easy. So that's it for today. Thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate your listenership. If you wouldn't mind, I would really appreciate a review that would really help this podcast uh, get out there a little bit more as well. Um, and I'd love to hear which episode you enjoyed the most. So more are coming. Please subscribe to the Substack. I'd love to, to hear more feedback and interact a lot more with you. And uh, that's all from me. So uh, I will see you in the next one. Ciao for now.